One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. As it was with our two previous episodes, the format for this episode is a little different than is typical for our podcast. We have given each character a little time in the spotlight and did an individual session with each player. So this is our third and last of three character-specific sessions with one of our lovely hosts. In addition to that, I conducted a short interview with each player on the front end to get a little insight into how they built the character in the Cypher system. So without further ado, join us as Nehemiah continues to uncover the imprinted echoes of the Ninth World. So I am here with Chase, who is playing Nehemiah, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk a little bit about your character. So why don't you start us off with telling us about your character sentence? Sure. And we'll go from there. Yeah, so I am playing Nehemiah, the protective glaive who speaks with a silver tongue. So let's let's start with type. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a glaive is kind of a fighter, yeah? Yeah, your your typical punchman. Not my typical character. I tend to play either sneaky types or spellcasty types. Yeah, I was going to say I was rather surprised when this was the type that you picked. Well, I wanted to play a little against type just because, with the exception of one at-home character, this is really out there as far as like the types of characters that I play at all, let alone long-term. I've had a couple of brawly types that go for shorter spurts, but other than this, like in 10 years of playing tabletop games, I have had really honestly two melee build characters that have lasted more than like a month. One of them was a paladin, and actually no, both of them were paladins in their own right, because I played a a fire-based monk you know, way back in the day in a homebrew system, and I played a Forge Paladin in 5e. Yeah, so you're a little more up in the melee Mm -hmm. than is normal for you, but I was a little less surprised when you told me the rest of of the sentence Yes, exactly, because the rest of it is about as on-brand as you can get for me. Well, you know what? Not the protective part. Like that, That plays more into, like, how I play the characters, but not how characters act in combat. And protective, like, specifically adds some combat things that allow me to, like, step in front of people and take hits for them at reduced damage, but still, it's part of my skill set. It's something that I can just do. Speaks with a Silver Tongue is absolutely up my alley, because I play chatty guys, pretty much by and large, and I chose that knowing that that is my natural inclination. I can't stop myself from from talking, particularly in a social situation. 
I know myself too well. I want to be up in the mix and doing something. That's how I engage. And if I can't talk, I find that I tend to disengage very, very easily. So having a charisma-based character, at least in part, makes it so that I know for a fact I will stay engaged in a part of the story. And I'm definitely finding that true for Nehemiah, where he's not necessarily the super knowledgeable chatty type, but Mm -mm. he absolutely is willing to just talk people up for any reason whatsoever. He's the face. Yeah. He is absolutely the face. And that's what I like to do. That's fun for me. So why would I do something that I don't like doing? (laughs) Very fair. This is my chance to, you know, be anything I want. Why would I not be the most charismatic person I could be in any given moment? This is true. Uh, So, yeah, that was descriptor type and focus. Awesome. Uh, So in terms of how you build characters, or at least how you built this character, Mm -hmm. did you have an idea coming forward or did you kind of look through things and say, oh, that sounds cool? So I knew I wanted to be a glaive right off the bat because, as I said, it's something a little different for me. And unlike other very popular tabletop systems, this is something where... I can choose the type of character I want to play and then add a lot more modifiers to them. As D&D specifically has gotten better over time with allowing for non-charisma classes to be charismatic, it hasn't always been that way. This comes right out of the box where it's like, I know this is what I want to try doing and this is what I am good at, so I am going to do that. And especially as I am learning the system, because Numenera is still very new to me, and getting that under my belt, it is much easier for me to be able to say, okay, I hit it. Uh, And the rules are light enough where, you know, you can do that and it's simple enough to pick up and play, but it is not so simple that it just kind of like glosses over my head. Yeah, nice. So we're learning a a little bit about all the characters here, Mm -hmm. and we've started to see a little bit about Nehemiah and and his background. Is there anything that else you'd be willing to share about either his backstory or his goals? I mean, I'm more than happy to, you know, let stuff play out over the course of the story, because I think there are some, I think I remember, and I couldn't find this earlier, but I'm pretty sure I sent you like a, a pretty decent sized character backstory when we first started this project like what six months ago now about yeah yeah because i'm not sure what's come out by the time this comes out actually no i think a lot of it is going to be coming out in this episode yes yes. because yeah talking to that particular character dio right yes yeah talking to dio so i won't i don't know if i want it to come out in the episode i think that would be a little more interesting that's great but yeah, so listen to the episode. You're going to get some get some good Nehemiah lore. Yeah, awesome. Hopefully you uh, will see more of the interesting parts of Nehemiah as we go, definitely in this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for chatting. Always. Nehemiah, you took Edos' advice and spent the last day relaxing and recuperating from your mission. Woke up on the next day and decided to kind of spend some time looking around the village and getting to know the area a little better. Where has Nehemiah been staying for these past couple of days? Nehemiah's been bunking up at the first tree. Not in the bar, like he doesn't want to be in there all the time, but... uh. 
he's got himself a hammock and he put, you know, the bladed part of the sword spear in the ground and tied the hammock off there and put the other side on some nearby post jutting out of the ground and he's just got himself a little campsite going for the time being. Nice. So, being near the first tree, you see Fahura coming and going. She seems to be the only person that works here. If Mm -hmm. working is... It's kind of a very loose term. It's not like anyone seems to be paid for their duties here necessarily. Currency is less of a thing. It's a much more everyone helps out to get things done situation at the moment, given Mm -hmm. how small the settlement is. Right. She seems to be the only person who serves people or does any work here. Mm Mm-hmm. She also has these very strange singing snail-like creatures. Yeah, I noticed those. Um, I don't ask questions. I, life I led, you know what, sometimes you're just better not knowing, especially when it comes to, like, weird critters. Fair enough. She cares for them very deeply, it seems. She, well, they sing and whistle, and she'll sometimes whistle along with them. It's a nice tune, usually. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a lullaby to put you to sleep. But (laughs) it's been a good place to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, Upon waking up on that second morning, what does Nehemiah decide to do? Is he anyone he decides to talk to or anything he decides to go and check out further? Uh, He would dip right into the tree and grab himself some breakfast. Imagine there's, you know, that's probably the most ready place to find some fixings. Then he'd, uh, after that, he'd probably just roll around town. Patrol is a very strong word, but it's the one we're going to use right now. Sure. As you are patrolling around, if you will, kind of moving, Mm. just walking the perimeter, you do notice that the entire city is laid out circularly. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily perfect concentric circles, but the entire thing is round all kind of centered around this structure in the center. And as you Mm -hmm. round the northern portion of this circle, you see the same hulking figure that you encountered when you came back from the mission that Eidos gave you. This Mm. large person that seems to have Numenera laced into their armor, this massive, broad shoulders and tall figure bordering on eight feet tall and a large helm over their face. Right now, it is a deep violet, Mm -hmm. but you remember it changing color when you approached Mm -hmm. earlier. And they're just standing against the wall looking due north. I'll wander on over to them and... Morning. Just kind of look out north, see if I can see anything that they might be looking at. They turn and nod, acknowledging your presence, but do not verbally respond in any way. Mm -hmm. As you follow their gaze out north, you see a something moving, a creature maybe, little Mm. little ways out, a couple hundred feet, and this person seems to be watching. Okay. I want to see if I can figure out any more detail on this thing, see if I know what it is that's making a fuss out there. Oh, sure. Do you want to 
get closer or would you just like to try and figure it out from here? Let me, do I have any applicable Numenera? I don't think so. No, 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 that's right. I got my jelly box. <laughs> I'll, I'll try and figure it out from here. I'm not feeling too crazy about going out too far if I don't have to. Go ahead and roll me an intellect test level three. Okay. That's a success. Wonderful. So in taking a keen look out towards where this movement is happening, it takes you a second, Mm -hmm. but you eventually see a telltale set of spikes or spines on whatever this creature is, and you realize that this is a creature that you've seen moving around within the settlement before. A Mm -hmm. what you know to be a frilled ball and what people around here seem to have named as Sling, this particular Mm. creature. Oh, right. Forgot about that thing. Weird. Everything all right there, big guy? The person continues staring out, looks back to you, and just kind of points out towards where Sling is. You want to go check it out? Without any other affirmation to that, they pick up the massive hammer that has been sitting on the ground next to him, shoulder it, and start walking out towards that area. All right, then. I guess that's a yes. And I'll um, take my uh, sword spear off my back and drape it over my shoulders very casually, and but, you know, at the ready and start walking. Sure. As you get closer, the dust that Sling has kicked up is billowing around the area where she is. And she is kind of digging at a small hole that's in the ground. Mm-hmm. Upon closer inspection, you realize that it might be a, like a small animal den or something like that. Mm-hmm. But she's not making much headway and like digging anything out, but she's kind of snuffling and growling at it. Hmm. What you got there, girl? I'll get on over there and I'll just kind of move my head around. Do I notice anything strange about it? Like just a, just an animal den? That's what it looks like? At You get down real close and peer into it. And it's pretty dark. There's not a whole lot of light shining directly into it. But you think you see like a small, maybe fist-sized or a little bit larger white sack of Hmm. something. All right. Um, I will gingerly take the the sword spear off my back and just kind of like reach it and like try and like pull it out that way, not stabbing the sack itself, but, like, using it as just a very, as a pole to edge it out. Sure. Mm -hmm. You pull it out a little while, and it is a cocoon. Go ahead and do a level one intellect. Okay. Pass. Cool. You recognize this as a kafa cocoon. Okay. Uh, Kafa are large insects with really strong wings, essentially, and they have this golden, iridescent sheen to them. And the 
cocoons, the silk that is around them, is known to be a very strong thread and very sought after. It, it's golden mm. after you treat it in the proper way. Huh. All right. Neat. Good girl. Good girl. I'll give uh, Sling a little scritch. She kind of does a, a circle around the den again and then sits next to you, plops down, and, mm -hmm. and leans into the head scratches you're giving her. Mm-hmm. I, I peek back in the den. There's nothing else in there? Not that you can see, but it's hard to tell how deep it goes. Fair enough. If I can't see it, I can't get it. So, no use digging further. Got more than I was planning on getting this walk. I'm gonna grab the cocoon and uh, gingerly and head back into town. I'm going to take this to Rufus sure. because they seem to be the maker and I should give them things for making things. You find Rufus looking over plans on their table at the open air workshop they have near the center of the settlement. Mm -hmm. As you walk up, they look up to you. Oh, well, hello. Hey, uh, I um, was out. That away with sling and uh, and we found this and I'll plop the cocoon on the on the workbench. Oh, well, this that is very interesting indeed. Yeah, I uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't really expecting to see that uh, these things out this way. I'd encountered them before, but uh, it was up further north ways, and I guess, I mean, I found it to the north of camp, but still, this is kind of far south for them, thought. I, I would ag agree, but I think we might be able to put this to use. If you want to get the silk off the outside of the cocoon, you, you have to boil it. Mm. And then from there, you can harvest it and use it for... Any number of applications, but it's very strong. Yeah, no, that's... Very strong thread. I was going to say, I brought it right to you. I mean, you're the one making all this stuff, and I figure that uh, that we could probably use some some, some strong thread. I, I don't know. I just... Uh, I don't know. No, this is, this is good. Thank you. Thank you. I will get to working on this right away, and hopefully I'll actually be able to get it to a point where we can actually use it. It's been a long time since I've worked with living matter. Fair enough. Anything I can help with the time being? I've been hearing talk from those that move around in the outside areas, the hunters and the, the people who go out and, and, and gather things. I've been hearing word of strange tracks out that way, and I would probably not want to be the one going out there to look at it, as I am more someone who uses their hands for making rather than defending, but you seem the type that might be uh, pretty good at going and figuring that out, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take a look. Great, great. That'd be awesome. Yeah, something to, something to do. Getting a little restless. Good, good. Yes, if you head to the south portion of mm -hmm. the city that's where they said the tracks were the that area that direction dio was the hunter who originally talked to me all right dio all right 
Whereabouts Dio? Well, assuming that he isn't out hunting at the moment, Dio's probably in his living quarters in the southeast portion. Mm. All right. All right. I think your uh. friend was bunking with him. Oh, okay. The small, nervous one, not the, not the quiet one. Yeah, okay. Not the quiet one, but that one who is always looking over their shoulder. All right. Yes. What, what was her name? Jory. Uh, That's Jory. right. Jory. But yes, if you talk to Dio, uh, you should be able to get an idea about where you might find those tracks. Sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll check in on that. Right, I'll head down to the south part of town and knock on a couple of doors, see if I can find either Jory or Dio. Okay, no luck on Jory, but you do eventually find Dio. He is sleeping on a cot with a large brim hat pulled over his eyes. I will uh, knock on the wall like up and to the left of them, just mm-hmm. try to wake him up. Ugh. Ugh. He raises the hat above his eyes. I'm sorry, can I help you? Yeah, sorry. Uh, name's Nehemiah. Rue told me something about, um, you saw some weird tracks out down south. I was looking to go see if I could take a look at them, see if I could figure out what's going on. Oh, yeah. That's probably a good... Can you give me just just a moment to collect myself and then I... Yeah, go. uh, I'll wait outside. Take your time. Thank you. You leave and you hear like kind of like strange moving things around and maybe he's getting something out of a Mm -hmm. bag or it almost sounds like he picks up the cot and puts it back down. You're not 100% sure what exactly is going on here but none of my business what a man does to get himself awake (laughs) that's fair (laughs) he emerges with the hat on his head a a long sword at his hip Mm -hmm. and a bow on his back okay hip length dusty coat Mm -hmm. and Long hair pulled back in a low ponytail. All right. So these tracks, let mm-hmm. me, let's walk and talk. Uh, we're going to head south a little ways and I'll explain to you what it is that we've found. Sounds good. You see, I'm used to hunting things and tracking things and figuring out where they're going or where they've came from, but... In this particular instance, I don't know that I can make heads or tails of what it is that I'm seeing. These tracks weren't necessarily footprints. Now, there's plenty out here that doesn't necessarily have feet as we know them, but this didn't look like anything I'd ever recognized before. It Mm -hmm. was... waves, almost. Like, ripples in the water, but uh, clearly in in a... Defined pattern or direction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I seen some last line of work had me in contact with a bunch of bunch of weird beasties, so uh I got a weirdly good knowledge of that kind of thing. Well, that's really good, cause 
I'm right dumbfounded about all this right now. Hmm. Where are you in from? I'm one of the people that uh, came with Iona. Okay. So I've seen my fair share of stuff, but only mostly on our trip here and before my unfortunate employment, if you want to call it that. Ah, you got some of that too. Well, slavery isn't exactly what I'd call a good job. Oh, that is very unfortunate. Never mind. Where are you from, then? You said you've seen some interesting things. What's, what's your story? Northbound, mostly. Long story short, fell in with kind of a seedy crowd. Uh, did acrobatic work for a little while as kind of a front. No but, kidding. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good cover. Good cover, good set of skills, but um, it was a lot of work and a lot of years, and I was pretty good at it, but by the time all was said and done, kind of all for naught situation, which uh, is a little demoralizing, if you believe that. Just kind of started walking, and here I am. Well, it's a good a place as any to end up. Seems like it. We're small right now, but I have a feeling this place is going to start growing pretty fast. The mighty fine little town kind of reminds me back home myself. Well, that's but, good. Uh, but home ain't there anymore. I hope this place fares a bit better. I think it will. I think it will. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys kind of wrap up your conversation, you've been mm-hmm. walking this entire time, and you eventually make it up to an area where Dio stops and points at the ground mm-hmm. there we are and right. sure enough in the ground it, this area has a lot of like grasses some taller some shorter then some there's some rocky more dusty areas but in this area in particular you can see the taller grass has been pushed down And not in the sense where something like maybe laid down or if it was something big, but almost as though if you imagined what it would look like if this was a riverbed. Okay. Like as though water had flown through here and kind of pushed down the grass in a flowing manner. There you can see parts where it dips down and then it will come back up where it was pushed down more or less as though it kind of like Hmm. waved along for a section. Then it kind of like peters off and then it picks up again a little bit farther down. That's some. Chase has an idea. I don't know if Nehemiah would have this idea, though. No, go for it. Big snake. You know, it could be. I have never encountered a snake or anything of the reptilian variety that large before, but who's to say that something doesn't exist out here? Working where I did, we had an influx of interesting critters from time to time, and we had a couple of reptiles. Again, nothing this big, but... I mean, I don't know anything that moves quite like this. I mean, this looks like you rolled a barrel, picked it up a little bit, and kept on rolling it. Yeah. Well, why don't we... I didn't follow these much further than a little while. Mm -hmm. I kind of got freaked out, if I'm being honest. But if you don't mind heading with me, then maybe we can see where these might lead. Yeah, that, that sounds good. You guys follow it a little while longer. It's not hard to follow, even when it does kind of 
disappear. A little while later, you can easily pick it back up. Um, and eventually, you get to a small, rocky area that looks like the ground is almost caved in. There's some rubble area, but it looks like there's a sinkhole, almost. Huh. All right. The hole is big enough for a person to get down into. Okay. I will, uh, I'll look at Dio. I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check it out. He, uh, what kind of weapon does he have? Uh, he has a sword and he has a bow. All right, keep that bow at the ready, uh, just in case. I'll start hooting and hollering if something goes on, but, uh, I, uh, I want to check this out. All right. He knocks an arrow and just kind of has it at his side at the ready and nods to you. All right, I, um, grip my spear in both hands and I will uh, start edging myself down the edge of the sinkhole. Awesome. Once you kind of slip down it, it's a slow decline into it. It's not a straight drop. So you can kind of uh, slide down almost. And once you get to where it seems to be a little more solid ground, you look up and you're maybe seven or eight feet from the surface now it's not a terribly deep hole but deep enough that if someone fell in it it'd do some serious damage to them yeah all right i'm not really seeing anything down here now that i'm in here nothing in your immediate area but you do see that it kind of looks like this might have at one point been a tunnel that has since kind of caved in so it does go off in one direction that you can see the other direction is blocked off Okay. Um. I'll, uh, as quietly as I can, uh, just look on up to Dio. It's like, all right, it looks like we've got a tunnel or something. I'm going to go ahead and check this out. Uh, go ahead, stay here, and I'll be back soon. All right, if you're sure, I'm happy to come along if you'd like, but if you want me to stay here and stand guard, I'm happy to do that too. Um, you know what? Give me, give me like a minute count. And then hop on in. Um, and do. I just, I don't think anybody's going to come on up behind us, but I also, if there's something real nasty down here, I don't want us to end up trapped between a rock and a hard place. I and understand frankly, that. already half of this, you'll see it when you get down here, half this tunnel is already collapsed in. So I don't want us to end up quite literally dead in a ditch. All right, well, I'll keep my eyes open up here, and after a little while, I'll jump down and make sure that you're still alive. Sounds good. All right, I will um, ready my spear in both hands and start moving forward. All right. As you move forward, um, go ahead and make me a speed defense roll of two. Okay. You start hearing uh, a rumbling sound in the distance. So is that just a normal defense roll then? Yep. Or a normal check, rather? Yeah, yeah. It, it, okay. I'm, I'm saying defense because it's against something gotcha. specific okay. rather than like to do And you do said a two, way. right? Yep, you got it. Okay. And... Ooh, not one. Okay. That is a GM intrusion. GM intrusion. All right. So as you hear this rumbling, and Mm -hmm. sure enough, just as you had thought, there starts to be another cave-in. And two 
ju- just in front of you to the left, you see part of the tunnel kind of collapse down. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can see light up above, but mm-hmm. most of the tunnel is cut off at this point. Okay, going forward. So going forward, not really an option at this point. It could be an option. You would just kind of have to dig away at it a little bit. Okay. Up above, you hear Dio's yell, Are you okay down there? I heard yeah, something I'm... rumble, something break, maybe. Yeah, I'm fine. This uh, this tunnel just caved in. That's all. I'm just... Okay. All right, Dio, give me just a second. I'm going to try and get this cleared. Are you sure you don't need any help down there? No. I can pop on down. I, I'm pretty strong, you know. All right, come on, come on. All right. He pops on down, uh, and he pulls a glowing orb out of his pocket. This is something I usually have around just in case. It doesn't last very long, but it'll give us a little bit of light for a little bit of time anyway. I'll, maybe look, I'll have- take it. Maybe see a little bit more about what's going on here. Oh, that's a nasty cave-in. Yeah, I was a little frustrated. All right, let's see if we can't clear this out here. All right, let's let's see here. Let's see and I think I... you said you had something you were going to use? Uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, you know what? I do have something that is, now that he's down here, weirdly enough, now I can use it. Uh, I'm going to use uh, my special ability, Impressive Display. Okay. I perform a feat of strength, speed, or combat, impressing those nearby. So for the next minute, I will have an asset and all interaction tasks with anyone who sees me do it, but it is also going to mean that I can move stuff really easily. Nice. That's perfect. So what, what kind is, of... Do you just like... Two might. I think I just spend two might and I do it. Okay. I'll take a look at it, but that sounds correct. Let's see. Yeah, it's an cool. action, and you spend two might to do so. All right, so I, I spend the two might, and I just start rolling rocks out of the way, one after another. Awesome. Uh, at first, Dio kind of, like, is surprised by how quickly you jump at this task. Mm-hmm. But after a second or two, a broad smile breaks across his face. He goes... All right, now that's what I'm talking about. And he jumps right in to give you a hand to start pulling those rocks away as well. All right, just keep an eye out. I don't want us to get caught in a two-way or something like that. I, We don't got a way to call back. We didn't really tell a whole lot of people we were heading out here, so uh, I don't want us getting uh, dead. Yeah, dead would be a problem. <sighs> the biggest problem. The last problem. <laughs> the last problem. That's a good band name. Yeah. All right, so cleared? Yeah, you clear out the cave-in enough to get through it. You don't want to clear it out too much, afraid that it might collapse even further. But you clear out enough of the tunnel that you can, without too much of a problem, kind of climb over some of the rubble and get through to the other side. Mm -hmm. As you do so, you hear a strange clicking noise. It's like a very regular click, almost like the tick of a clock. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But much more sharp sounding. It's not that easy move Mm -hmm. of the second hand. It's a very sharp More staccato. 
Yeah, but very regular. All right, let's figure this out. And I get my spear back out, take a low stance, and get myself through, and I keep moving forward. But you keep moving forward, and as you walk through the tunnel, what the the cave-in part was pretty natural looking, but as you're traveling through here, this looks kind of man-made, if not built, at least cut from the stone and, and the rock of, or, and rubble that has been down here. Mm-hmm. It's not been traversed in a very long time, but it is, this is, this was made. Hmm. That's weird. All right. Well, you know, Edos and Rufus say that this Settlement was built on top of something that was here eons ago. Maybe we're just discovering something. Yeah, no, we're in the bones or the veins or I don't know. I'm I'm not a I'm not a doctor words. Let's keep going. I don't doctor either. Hmm. The clicking starts getting a little bit faster. And okay. as that happens, up ahead even in the very vague glow of the orb that Dio has, you see this kind of strange undulating shadow in mm-hmm. front of you. And the clicking seems to be coming from it. From the shadow. I can't see inside the shadow, can I? You cannot. Okay. I am going to use a cipher. Okay. I'm going to use my sparkler. Uh, it is a handheld device. It causes 1d6 glowing lights to shoot from the end of the device, travel a long distance, and explode in a flash of brilliant colors that blinds everyone in the immediate radius. All right, we, we're going to have to stand back. I, I ain't going in there without knowing what's going on. No, and I, I don't know I don't, how deep it is. I don't like this either. Let's let's back up a bit and you you shoot your your shiny thing. Yeah. And the way I'm picturing it is it's like a horseshoe and it's got a, a squeeze trigger in the middle. Um, I love that. And it fires uh, like a twin burst of, uh, well, supposed to fire a twin burst when it, you know, was originally made, absolutely made a twin burst. Now we're going to go ahead and roll 1d6 to find out. So yeah, a solid twin burst there. So I squeeze it and just uh, fireworks essentially just fire out into the the next room and hopefully light it up. It shoots into the next room and you see... Uh, we'll see three. You see three things. Mm-hmm. The first thing you see is that there is a what appears to be a decent amount of like broken down iodum and numenera th- things that have maybe long since been defunct, sure, um, and not not found in a long time. Kind of just like piled up uh, in a corner. You also as this sparkling light shoots out a handful of insects kind of flutter away from that pile of Numenera. Uh, but you, these insects kind of like flutter away. They're, they're about uh, maybe the size of a walnut, but a good swarm of them kind of like flee away from the light that you shot down. And you also see this shadow. It does not become any clearer. Instead, you just kind of see more of it. This is some strange silhouette. It's about nine foot tall, and there is 
the clicking still coming from it. And as that light gets closer to it, the clicking gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And as the light dissipates, it slows back down. But then it starts advancing towards you. Uh, Dio, you still got that bow? Yeah, he's already got it knocked and aimed at this thing. All right, I'm. I'm gonna try to talk to the ro- to the scary shadow beast, and we're gonna see what's going on here. All right. All right. You talk. As you speak, mm-hmm. at the surface of the shadow ripples a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The clicking again gets faster. Okay. And starts moving towards you at a heightened pace. All right, I'm going to start moving towards it. Buddy, slow down or I'm going to hit you with this. You don't want that. It does not slow its movement. All right. I I I attack. Okay. For to figure out whether or not you go first, mm-hmm. go ahead and roll a speed check. 14. Wonderful. You are going first. Excellent. So, describe to me what your first action is. My first action is going to be to run towards this thing. What is the floor like in here? It's stone that at one point was probably smooth, but with time, it's kind mm-hmm. of eroded away a little bit. And with the cave-in, there's definitely some dust and a hand, handful of like gravel or rubble. Okay. I'm going to run plant my uh, sword spear into the ground and uh, vault myself into this thing, kicking it approximately where it looks like the head is. Okay. Go ahead and make a might roll against that attack. It is going to be a difficulty nine. Is this uh, trained or untrained? Yeah, go ahead and say trained there. Okay. Because I I believe it's because you're trained with your weapon. I'm 90% sure of that. Ooh, still fail, though. So you go in, and your sword spear, as you vault in, and are you hitting it with the sword spear? Yeah, I'm vault in, and then, like, bring it down over top of me. Sure. As you do that, it passes right through this shadow. Huh. Like a ghost, almost. Though this is... You've heard tales of spirits and and things like that, but this isn't, like, anything you've Mm -hmm. heard of before. Right, 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 right. At this point, I am going to use a GM intrusion. Okay. So, uh, you get an XP. Okay. And since there's no one else for you to give one to at the moment, (laughs) you just get yours. Okay, fair enough. And as you do that, this thing kind of, the ripples intensify. And in one... one movement. It kind of like solidifies in the center for a a small moment and then a sonic blast pushes you back towards the entrance. Okay. Uh, You don't suffer any damage but it does blast you away from where this thing is. Huh. Alright. Dio also gets blasted with you. He kinda stands up and goes I don't know. Are you are you okay for this? Because <laughs> I don't like the look of this thing. If I'm being honest yeah, with you, yeah. This is uh. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I take a position and I stand firmly planted in front of Dio. Okay. 
being the protective glaive that I am. And I'm staring. What does it do? Does it continue to pursue us? It stops where it is for a moment. Kind of. It seems like it might be waiting to see what you're doing next. All right. You're uh, you're some kind of guard, right? The clicking just starts up again. Yep. All right. All right. Hey, D. Yeah. You know where this is, right? Where? Yeah. I I can I can bring us back here. You can get us back here again. Yeah, for sure. All right. I I can't. I can't find my way out of a bat. Let's go. Let's leave. Yeah, let's let's leave. let's let's bolt. We can we yep. can come back here with more people if we need to, but I don't think this is going to be good for the two of us. He's been here, or it's been here. I don't know. She, I ain't here to make any guesses. Yeah, me either. But it's been here for long enough. It ain't going anywhere anytime soon. All right. I point my sword spear at it. You, sir, have a fantastic day. We'll take our leave. And I, you know, let Dio leave and then i will leave like walking backwards yeah you guys retreat out of the area and then i assume climb mm-hmm. back up out of the hole it doesn't it's not going to be too hard to get back up like i said it was only like seven eight feet deep so yeah, yeah. uh you pretty easily climb back out and do you just head back or yeah no okay nothing like this is there is a lot of mystery here and i am a lot of things but good at solving mysteries is not one of them the two of you start heading back, and as you do so, Dio's just kind of shaking his head. I did not expect anything like that to be down there. I was, I was expecting a, you know, some weird beastie or something, not something made out of shadow and clicks. I was, I'm still going to say that I was expecting, uh, expecting a big old snake. Yeah, that makes sense. That thing did not make sense. That's not a snake. No, no, it ain't. I can tell you this, not a snake. If you're afraid of snakes, you're all right. (laughs) But this is, this is something else. You, uh, you took up a pretty hefty stance there. You, you a bodyguard? That was one of my jobs. All right. You know, I respect did what needed to be done. We could use people like that around here. Not to say that people don't, you know, do what they need to do, but a lot of the people around here are the intellectual type. Yeah, I picked up on that. (laughs) It's nice to have someone else who can uh, swing a weapon or take a shot. Yeah, you know, it's not a life that calls to a lot of folk. There's there's enough mysteries in the world out there, and there's enough people to solve them. I'm, I'm happy posting up for those who want to do that. I can very much agree with that. Mm. Uh, you arrive back at the outer wall of the village, mm-hmm. and after... How about this? Do you tell anyone about this? Oh, or... yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is there anyone specific that you tell? Or I immediately go back to Rufus. <laughs> okay, okay. Rufus does the Numenera and the building and the I don't. <laughs> sure. Rufus is still going over those plans that you left them out last time. Mm-hmm. They look up as you approach. Rufus. Uh, yes? I just saw just the weirdest thing. Well, that's not completely out of the ordinary somewhere around here. Uh, I took your advice. I went with Dio. Yes. We, 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 we tracked it. We found a big pit. 
I climbed down the pit. We walked down the tunnel that it made, and in the back there was this big... It was a shadow monster? Shadow monster? I... These are the words I said. Interesting. I tried to fight it because it was advancing on us, and I just went through it, and then it didn't attack. It just pushed us away. It's protecting something. Did you see anything else while you were down there? A whole pile of Numenera in the room with it. Interesting. Oh, this is... This is good. You see, I've been... I've been working on a way to try and to try and get the the sound in this sphere to be clearer and I really think that I can do that but I I need more materials so maybe at some point we can get more people down there to get some of that stuff and not to mention that that is a very interesting kind of creature that you've started talking about shadow just shadow nothing else it seemed to be moved heavy, but hmm. but didn't seem to be. I, I tried to hit it, and I just passed right through. But I'm thinking you're right. I mean, I can grab Jory and Small Wren and give them an extra day, and maybe we can figure it out from there. Yes, that that seems like a good idea. I I had sent Jory to look for Numenera as it was. There's a there's another tunnel that we've found. I didn't know that there was the one that you had encountered, but there's another one that's kind of near the outer wall that also had a cave-in, but we'd been trying to clear it out for some time, but other things kept taking precedence. So maybe there's more underneath this place than I originally thought. I mean, this thing's pretty big. I don't know much about about Delvin, but things that go up tend to go down as well. That is very true. Hmm. Rufus reaches down and uh, takes a notepad that was sitting on Botbot's back mm-hmm. and starts just kind of furiously writing down notes. It's all incredibly interesting. I'm I'm going to need to do some planning because I'd like for us to go back down into that tunnel, at least, if not the cave tunnel thing that we found previously as well. Maybe both of them? Maybe we can go both. I have some thinking to do. Um, I need to find Iona. And they kind of scuffle away. After four or five steps away, they stop and turn around. Oh! Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't say thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, that, no worries. Uh, glad we were able to figure it out. Nobody died. Yeah, no one, no one should be dying. No. All right. Thank you. Why did they say it like Walks off in the other direction. As you are walking. Mm-hmm. You notice that one of those insects that had fluttered away down has kind of like latched on to your shirt. Oh. It is a a moth mm-hmm. of some sort. Mm-hmm. It is about the size of a walnut and it has like this iridescent feel to it. Mm-hmm. This one specifically is green. Okay. 
Huh. It is kind of just like crawling on the sleeve of your shirt. Huh. I'll kind of let it walk onto my fingers and... Where on your body would you keep a satchel or a pack? I probably got like a fanny pack on my hip. Sure. It crawls around your fingers for a moment and then flutters away and lands on that pack and starts trying to like get into it. Weirdly enough, this is not the weirdest thing to happen to me today. I will open my pack. It immediately burrows in and almost like curling up and trying to get as close to your two ciphers that you have as possible. Oh. Well, you can look. I go and kind of scoop it back out. You can just ask, and I will go ahead. I'll take out uh, I'll take out the density module, a big piece of crystal. Sure. It kind of just, like, lands on top of it and stays there. And the, the iridescent color kind of shifts to red mm-hmm. for a moment. You're still holding the density module? Yeah. As it's doing that, it seems to be satisfied with whatever it's found. and. Just before it flies away, it stings you. Ow! And flutters away. Ah, you little jerk. I opened my bag for you. And at this point, I'm going to have you roll a d100. Okay. 21. 21. As it does so, like, the tip of your finger actually goes invisible for a second. It, and then it pulses back. You now have the single use ability to become invisible for up to an hour. Huh. It does not say that that only lasts for a certain amount of time, so I will say that that is something you just have, but it's an hour once you activate it. Focus a little bit harder on your finger as it starts to disappear for that moment, and you see Mm -hmm. it starting to spread up your hand, and you kind of like go, whoa, 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 I don't like this, and it fades back. But you think that if you concentrate hard enough on that again, you could probably engulf your whole body in invisibility. Very cool. And you look out to where that thing was flying and about halfway to the edge of the area that you're in, it just falls down. Dead. Huh. Just walk over to it. I'm guessing, like, I've been picturing this thing. I mean, you know, walnut, pretty healthy size there. Mm -hmm. Just dead moth on the ground. Pretty much. All right, well, seems a weird thing to... There is no right answer for how I can handle this situation. I'm going to scoop up the moth, and I will take it to a, uh, you know, off to a bush or something along the side and just, you know, lay it to rest there. Okay. There's a little, like, the, the tall grasses. There's, there's a couple, like, rough shrubberies, like tumbleweed-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of near the outer wall, and you kind of gently lay it down. Go ahead and roll me an intellect test. We will say level. Uh, how about this? How much? How much would Nehemiah have done in terms of like finding or dealing with Numenera? More than the average person, probably okay. the group he worked for dealt in Numenera trade. Okay. So while he wasn't looking for it, like. That's what they did. Sure, sure. Let's make this an intellect level two. Okay. All right. And it's intellect, so I have an inability. Success. As you're kind of laying this down, something about it kind of catches your eye. It's just the shape of the wing. It co- they come to points, the two mm-hmm. portions. 
and that just kind of triggers your memory. This is a chance moth. Chance moth are insects that are drawn specifically to Numenera. They feed off of the energy or sometimes radiation, depending on the Numenera. So anywhere where there are large caches of them, they tend to collect. Mm -hmm. And they will often send out scouts to try and find more. Gotcha. Okay. Realizing that this is not an actual bug and is a piece of Numenera, I will walk this back to Rufus's desk and I will find a a shard of paper that's probably up. There seems to be a lot of scrap paper about. I will say it is actually an insect. Oh, it is an insect. Yes, it just feeds off of Numenera. Gotcha. Never mind. And then I will just leave it where it is. Okay. Is there anything else that you feel... Nehemiah would do. From what Rufus was saying, it sounds like it's going to be a little while before a plan is made to go back yeah. down into either of those cave slash tunnel areas. Yeah, bef- before I do, like, the, the only thing I am planning on doing for the rest of the day is drinking voice in the sky, so I'm going to head on back to that very good tree and have myself a beverage. Awesome. So you head on back to the first tree, and is mm-hmm. there with her mm-hmm. singing snails, which you Remember now are called Suru, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter because you're not going to ask any questions about them. (laughs) Nope. They weird me out. (laughs) And do you have, since you've been staying here, do you have a a, a regular beverage? I've kind of been, it's only been a couple of days, so I'm still at the point where I'm taking my tour through all of my options. Sure. And I'll, I'll land somewhere, but something stiff. It's been a weird day and it's barely one o'clock, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's in the early afternoon at this point, but mm-hmm. so for her, it pours you a drink, whatever the next thing down the line is, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of leans against the bar. It's barely past midday, and you're already looking worse for wear there, dear. What did you get into? I I saw something I couldn't hit, and I don't see those often. Bahura? You're used to being able to hit things. I'm pretty good at it. Well, yeah, I can... I can imagine so, but... What did you find? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of things that are unknown around here. It's part of the reason that we're here, but I've just started... I've started... No, I've stopped worrying about what it is that I don't know, and just started focusing on what it is I can learn. An easier lesson said than done, but I'll keep it in mind. Believe me, it's taken, what, five years now for me to figure it out completely. Mm -hmm. It'll take some time, but rest up for now, and I'm sure that we'll find a way to deal with all of this mess soon enough. If you're interested, I did find this. She pulls out a cipher and go ahead and take the top cipher the hunter seeker ooh that's a long good range one. movement this is intellect missile tracks and attacks specified target if it misses it continues to attack one of the additional time effect level it hits um what do i need to roll cuz that is one above my limit Actually, before we do that, let's roll for the level of this. So go ahead and roll a d6 for okay. the level. Four. Beautiful. Go ahead and roll a d100 as well. 
57. 57. Okay. So what this is, kind of like an arm band with like a little piece that juts off the side. Looks like it would shoot these small dart-like missiles. Um, And in looking at it a little bit closer, it has something that looks incendiary on it. Okay. So it will probably explode upon impact. So what you have is a hunter-seeker, so a long-range intelligent Mm -hmm. missile that, because you rolled it at a level four, it will attack a maximum of five times. It's one plus the level that it will attack. Oh, very cool. If it misses. So like right. if it, it'll continue to try and attack the same thing until it hits up to five times. Oh, cool. And this one explodes, inflicting six points of damage to all within immediate range where it hits. Mm-hmm. I am then going to have you roll for Cypher Danger. So do you want to pick up three or do you want to put one of these down? I'll take three. Okay. So go ahead and roll the D100 again. Okay. 83. Okay. So what happens with Cypher Danger? It is 10 plus your D20 roll. So 83. Mm-hmm. You start feeling just a little bit off. Something mm-hmm. about the, maybe it was the bite from the Chance Moth. Maybe it's just the fact that there seems to be like energy interacting between the three ciphers you have. But you just don't feel so great. So for the next 28 hours, you're going to subtract one from all die rolls. Okay. I don't think that's going to affect you a whole lot right now, but you just no. you don't you don't feel great yeah. at the moment. <sighs> I don't know if it was the drink or something for her. I, I, I'm not feeling so hot right now. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go just take a nap or something. Sleep oh. this off. Okay. Well, well I'll uh, I'll make sure that uh, no one bothers you then. Thank you. Mm. Take your time. Take your rest. There's very little around here that requires immediate attention at this point, so go rest up. Feel better for a bit. Thank you. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, okay. All right. Head back out, and just as I started my day, I will... Or the reverse of how I started my day, I will sling my sword spear back into the ground, tie off my hammock and nice shady spot of town, and go to sleep. Awesome. Uh, you doze off and hope that when you awake, there will be a plan for taking care of that weird clicky shadow in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Game. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 8 of Imprinted Echoes. If you have a moment, please take the time to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice rating and review on whatever podcatcher will let you do so. As a newer podcast, every little bit helps get us along. As always, please feel free to follow us on social media. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. You can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. Also feel free to check out our network, Ghostlight Media, You can find us at ghostlightmedia.net, and that's where you'll find links to all the other podcasts in our group, as well as other ways you can help support us. And on that note, I'd like to thank our current patrons, Kim, Jeremy, and Shogun, for their continued support. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear a regular episode of Imprinted Echoes. Until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenlee, and is edited by Pat Mahood. 
Original show theme music by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghostlight Media production.